up, everyone? Tyler Tambolin here, aka Toe Tag and Tambo, back for another edition of the Prize Picks DraftKings show for the playoffs. Got my main man JT Hayes here. We did it last week, six gamer. Back for this week, it's a little four gamer, but we're gonna do it the same as last time. We're gonna give you two prize picks each, two from myself, two from JT Hayes. Then we're gonna hop right into it and get to the DraftKings segment. Gonna go game by game. So we'll talk about all the different strategies for the slate. DraftKings, by the way, gave us some really good slates this week. We got a four gamer, the one we always beg for. We say, come on, just combine these games. And it's usually, if they do it, not the best structure. This time it's a Millie maker up top. The Saturday two gamer, 100K up top for just a $12 buy-in. And then on Sunday, it's 500K up top, a little bit more top heavy, but still very nice for a backup slate to the full four gamer and the two gamer on Saturday. But that's enough talk. JT Hayes, bring you in, my man. How you doing this week? I'm doing great. I'm on the road, so I got a little different setup. So I won't even tell you where I am. You guys can think about it, figure out if you can guess, which would be difficult. But you're right. Great slates this week. A really good group of games. Last week, at least the Cincinnati Las Vegas game, very interesting there, especially with the inadvertent whistle that's supposed to blow a play dead. But oh well, the Bengals move on. And now you get some really interesting matchups and a lot of key injuries last week. But before we get into all that, if you missed the season-long Mayo Media Network contest on prize picks, don't fret. It's not too late. You can still use code MMN and get your $100 deposit match. The contest is over. To the winners, congratulations. To the biggest loser, congratulations. Enjoy your site credit there. It is just about a few weeks left here in the NFL season. So if you go on and get in there, use code MMN, get your $100 deposit match, and you can play all sports on prize picks. You can do NBA. You can do, well, you're not going to be doing much Major League Baseball until probably the middle of the summer. But go ahead and get on in there at prizepicks.com. And like you said, a lot of great football games this weekend for what is the week before championship weekend. Yeah, I agree. And the international man of mystery, like you said, as always, Italy, France, Monaco, is it, you know, Iceland, where could you possibly be? Who knows? Looks like a pretty nice hotel, though. It's good. Got some fresh lighting. We know that much. So that's nice to see here. Happy to get into it with you, man. We're going to start with prize picks like always. I've got a couple. Last week, I hit the one with Derek Carr, not the other with Mixon. Mixon, of course, let us down in that game, but the Cincy Bengals rolled through. We'll talk about that. Quite the game there. You mentioned it, a little bit of a, a whistle situation, but we're not going to talk about that here. So we'll get into it when we go into the DraftKings segment later. But for my prize picks this week, going to go back to the correlation. Going to go to the highest total on the slate. Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Later game, Sunday, going into it here, got a couple picks in that game. And the numbers just seem off for me. If you go out there and look at some other books and, and things the numbers are just much higher. So it's not going to maybe be my favorite place for the slate, but my favorite prize picks, absolutely, because I think these numbers are just wrong. Josh Allen, over 259, pass, 259 and a half passing yards here. I think this is a spot where we can see a back and forth between him and Patrick Mahomes. Everybody knows what he's capable of doing on the ground. We saw it just last week. The running game, he gets rolling with it, even himself. They've got Singletary, all of that. But I think the number is just too low, JT, at 259 and a half. So I like that one. And then if he's going to hit that number, I think somebody might be coming with him. And I think his name might be Stefan Diggs. Second prize pick, Stefan Diggs, over 67 and a half receiving yards. Again, may not correlate fully to everything else going on on the slate here, but for me right now for prize picks, both of these numbers are much lower than what I think they'll get to by the time we hit lock. So two Buffalo Bills, 
Josh Allen over 259 and a half passing yards. Stefan Diggs, his number one wide receiver, over 67 and a half receiving yards. What say you? Yeah, Josh Allen has looked incredible. The Buffalo Bills looked incredible in that game against the New England Patriots, who never really competed at all in the game in Buffalo on Saturday evening. Interesting spot here because the Chiefs have been better defensively at home, but have they faced an offense with the type of weapons, with the type of dynamic athleticism that Josh Allen brings to the game? And then you talk about Stephon Diggs. He's got that nice... That nice playoff cheap price point here on this slate, on the four-game slate. So I like both of those plays. As for me last week, one for two, had this nagging feeling after we recorded this show as I started looking more at the slate, in particular at that New England-Buffalo game. I thought, man, yes, Damian Harris has smashed this team. But with Mac Jones, a rookie, his first playoff game, it's going to be chilly wouldn't Buffalo just stack the box? That's exactly what they did. That's exactly the game that the way that that game played out. So Damien Harris did not hit Amari Cooper sweat free though. So one for two for me as well. Last week, this week, I'm going to attack the defenses that aren't necessarily bad, but at are most definitely very injured, both the Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49ers suffering some significant injuries to their defensive line and secondary in last weekend's wins. Of course, Derrick Henry is expected to be back for the Tennessee Titans, and I think that will open up the passing game as well. Those were the games when A.J. Brown had really big games earlier in the season. Going to go with A.J. Brown over 69 and a half receiving yards. He is the top weapon on the passing attack, and I do think they'll have an easier path. That is the way that you want to attack the Cincinnati Bengals, especially with the injuries that they suffered last week. And for my second pick, not going to be a surprise. Maybe it's not all that creative, but it is pretty damn consistent. The Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams connection. I'm going Devontae Adams. It's a larger number. It's over 90 and a half receiving yards, but Devontae went for 132 receiving yards against the 49ers back in week three. And remember, that was a game where they had some COVID issues, a bunch of players, we're missing in that game. Now they've got the full complement of weapons. So San Francisco banged up on the defensive line, banged up in the secondary, and certainly won't be able to just focus on Devontae. And he's just too good. I think he gets open. I think he gets over that 90 and a half receiving yards this week. Yeah, love both those. Going to talk definitely more A.J. Brown, more Devontae Adams later on when we get to those said games. But I think the Adams one, like you said, sometimes people – are a little bit scared to go to the bigger number, right? JT Hayes, the next thing you know, he's at 100 in the first half or something, and it's all said and done. I want to do something I haven't done all season. I'm going to add a bonus pick. I brought it up while we were talking here. You just made me think about something, and I know I was going to bring it up later anyway, but how bad the Tampa Bay Bucks are against quarterbacks just in general, and it's 270 and a half for Matt Stafford. I was just having a second glance at it. So I would roll with that one if you're a little bit shy of the Josh Allen, you could even roll it in where you put the three picks in and you have to just hit two. And that's a spot where you may hit all three, but as long as you hit two, you make some money. And I think that could be another way if Josh Allen gets rolling on the ground and comes up just short. I really love the digs one, like I said, at 67 and a half. I think there's just no way that doesn't happen. So that would be a spot where if you want to be a little bit different with it, I'll add the bonus pick. Again, you could put as many as you want in. 
play it out a bunch. I love prize picks for this reason. Lots of other content right here on Mayo Media Network as well. So make sure you hit that red subscribe button in the bottom right corner. There's lots of content going on for other sports that pertain towards these picks. And you can make a lot of money on this stuff going throughout the season. And sometimes it's a lot easier than going through and actually picking the winner of a game or in a hockey game, if it's the bounces off the boards, the next thing you know, the game changer that switches up who wins the game, maybe your prize picks already got there on your props. So have some fun with it. Get out there, check it all out for all the sports. But JT Hayes, let's hop into it, man. This is, I said it to my friend today, just talking to him about some of the games. I said, look, look usually it's the AFC and NFC championship where I got no problem saying, I enjoy those games oftentimes more than the Super Bowl. They're better games. There's more on the line. Some people, it's about their legacy and getting back to the Super Bowl. Others, it's they need to get there for their first time, their whole life's journey and work that they've put in to try and get to this spot. Those games are, are to me, better sometimes than the Super Bowl. We get some crazy ones, and I remember back the Patriots and the Seahawks down to the last play, should run the ball with Lynch. Next thing you know, it's interception. There's lots of great Super Bowls. But that's a lot of things to say. This is probably some of the better games we'll ever get in a foursome. So the the divisional round before even going in to the conference championships, absolutely love to see it. Four great games. We've got two on Saturday, two on Sunday. It's staggered just like last week. So you get to watch one, take a little break, get right into the next one. We'll start up with Saturday first. We got, we're going to go game by game. Got the first one up at the top is Bengals at Titans. Titans favored by three and a half, 47 point total. What are you doing here with this game? Because we both like the Bengals oftentimes, but this has to be the most underrated number one seed in some time coming in here in these Tennessee Titans. Yeah, the Titans, I mean, listen, the Titans have had some big wins. They went out to Los Angeles, beat the Rams at SoFi Stadium. So I'm not taking this Titans team lightly, especially because they get Derrick Henry back. We'll see if there's any coach speak from Mike Vrabel about what his Workload is going to be like, is he going to be back 100% full run? But even if he's not, if this offensive line has been so phenomenal that Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard have had really good and some really big games in Derrick Henry's offense. So now, or excuse me, in Derrick Henry's absence, now you get Henry back and now you've really got to prepare for three really talented running backs this rushing game. I think they're going to look certainly to try and keep the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. It's why I do think that the the Titans, I, I think are going to win this game. The Bengals, like I mentioned up top, banged up on defense. I think that's a bigger deal for them than the high-powered offense that they're bringing into this game. I just don't see a way that they stop the Titans enough with their defensive personnel as it is right now to win this game. So I do think that AJ Brown is going to get there. I don't think I'm going to be playing any of the running backs because my suspicion would be that even if Derrick Henry is a full go, then this is probably going to be a fairly, I don't want to say easy win, but I think the Titans should be in control most of the game. I'm probably not going to touch Joe Burrow or Joe Mixon here. I do like T Higgins this week. If the Bengals are coming from behind then he's a guy who I think is going to see a lot of targets over the middle, and he might be able to put up a score on DraftKings where he gets maybe sneaks into that optimal potential. Yeah, I was going to say a couple things stood out to me there that you mentioned because I, I definitely have the same fear 
of the Derrick Henry stuff, whereas most people, I think, will just naturally plug him in. He's cheap enough. If he's back, which he's going to be by the looks of everything, back at practice, he smiled. They won't give the, the word for sure. We'll find out Friday. That's probably when you guys are listening to this. We'll get the for sure, and I'm 99% sure he'll be in there. But like you said, for how much? For what? What does that look like? And then the other side of it that you said and I agree with is I think the Titans win this game. I'm not going to count out Joe Burrow having an opportunity or a chance. Love the guy. We talked about him all last week, the swagger, the squad. They have a very bright future, as does he. Great to see the comeback after the leg injury in his rookie season. All of this stuff is great, but the story's already been pretty good, right? If it ends next week, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world for them to get that experience, get in there, and lose to the number one seed. But I do have an opposite opinion on the fact of utilizing Burrow in this game, and I just think the wide receivers – can get there against Tennessee. So I've got a couple thoughts, especially as it pertains to the two game slate, because in a moment we're going to be talking about the 49ers at the Packers and not to spoiler alert or anything like that, but just they're going to want to run the ball. That's what the 49ers want to do. They're going to want to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. You think about what the Packers are going to do. They can bang too. They can grind and go back and forth with them as well. So I think it could be a spot where we see this game actually have the majority of the points, at least in the two gamer when we talk four gamer and we'll bring some of those thoughts and strategies in later with these other games probably not as popular but right here i could go with some burrow uzoma and then get higgins chase or maybe get two receivers and no uzoma whatever you want to set it up like get them set up in there and then i think henry would be good there but i liked your aj brown call from earlier i think most people that stack this game up would say it's going to be henry that does the job on the ground that's going to make Burrow so he has to throw, but I think it could be the other way around. I think Tannehill could get involved with guys like A.J. Brown, the tight ends there, Ferkser, Swaim. I also think the other side of it is, what about Deontay Foreman? This guy has looked pretty good on his fill-ins and his spots. I mean, there's potential that he has to be subbed in for some of the early downs, or sorry, some of the, the later downs for Henry if he's a bit gassed or maybe not in full conditioning. And then what about if they do get out and up ahead? I mean, this guy could break the slate if he does get that run and let's say the, the entire fourth quarter ends up being Foreman again, we're, we're being subjective here and, and picking our thoughts on how they go. But what are your thoughts on that JTAs? Yeah, I think that's a great call because if the Titans do get out in front, if they do control this game, if there's not a jeopardy of losing this game, there's no question. They're not going to give Derrick Henry more opportunities to touch the ball here. If they don't absolutely need to their goal is to get to the Super Bowl. Yes, they have to win this week in order to do that. What I'm saying is if the game is in hand, you are going to see a shortened workload from Derrick Henry. So if you're playing multiple lineups and you like Derrick Henry, then maybe in some of those other lineups, you look to the backups there because that's what the Titans do. They control the clock. They run the football. That's how they are winning games. And that's what I expect them to try and do here. You mentioned uh, Anthony Ferkster, the tight end for the Titans. I do like him a good bit here at a cheaper price point at the tight end position, especially on a four-game slate. He does generally see those red zone targets, so got a good opportunity to get a couple of get, get a couple of catches, get into the end zone, and pay off his salary. Yeah, making notes as we go. I don't always do this either, but I'm breaking all the rules tonight, JT Hayes. You just made me think of something and I'll always give it away and chat about it if I have thoughts as we go through but I think the running game will be by far the most popular we've just talked through it twice and even threw Foreman's name into the hat at least I didn't you kind of backed me up on it I appreciate that but it's thoughts for like you said if the game gets out it's only a two-game slate on the four game if you got 150 lineups I still have no problem with it because if you get out ahead with that 
then you can feel much better about plugging, just talking some four game strategy, about plugging in the Buffalo and the Kansas City game where there's probably a lot of ownership based on the highest total on the slate, but you'd already have one of the lowest owned running backs in a Deontay Foreman, assuming things went off in the first games. I mean, that's a way to think about the four game slate. For the two-game slate, and even for the four-game, though, I like what you said about Ferkser there, and you already liked A.J. Brown. I talked about how the wide receivers can get after it. What if it just is Chase? Forget Higgins, forget Boyd, forget all these guys, and you can go Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Ferkser, run it back with Chase, and then start plugging in the other plays around it. And what you're doing is twofold. One, probably going with one of the lower-owned quarterbacks on any of the slates, two or four game, in Ryan Tannehill. Two, going away completely from the talk of the town, which is Derrick Henry, the running game. Oh, I'm going to be sneaky and get Foreman in instead because this might happen. What if it's no running and it ends up just being that the running gets them to the 10-yard line and then they toss a couple touchdowns, two to – A.J. Brown, one to Ferkser, boom, break the slate that way. So I like that call. I made the note, Tannehill, A.J. B. Ferkser, run it back with one of Higgins or Chase, I think for the most potential upside. Any final thoughts on this game, that thought? Otherwise, we can move on to the next game. No, I think think those are the most likely ways that this game is going to play out again. I I am concerned about this Bengals defense. So I I do think it's interesting because – we expect, right, that we'll see a little bit lower point scoring out of these individual players in the playoffs. It's not the way it worked out last week, though. You had to have Jamar Chase on Saturday. You had to have Josh Allen. You had to have Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. Does Ryan Tannehill really give you the upside that you're going to need to win these tournaments? It is different, though, and it may allow you to get higher level of points at other positions than you ordinarily would have if you're paying up into that mid-seven price range for your quarterback. So something to take a look at, play around with with projections. You make a really good point too, especially for the two-game slate, or or sorry, for the uh, the four-game slate, because then you do have to deal with the other quarterbacks, the Josh Allens, the Mahomes, the guys we'll get to later on. And it's not that I'm discounting Rodgers, who we're about to talk about here in a second, but I'm saying in the two-game slate, the reason I would, I guess that's where I would feel better about the Tannehill is because I don't really play Jimmy G, right? He can have his ups and downs, but I don't see that. None of these quarterbacks, really, when you think about it, with Burrow, with uh, Aaron Rodgers, with Jimmy G against Tannehill, they're all kind of stand in the pocket, do their thing, and it's who throws three or four touchdowns. And if it just happens to be that that guy is Tannehill, that could make the difference. So I like that point and relate it back to the strategy for the two slates. Let's talk about this next game, though. We got the 49ers at the Packers. Packers favored by five and a half. Same total as the first game, 47. So that won't give it away. Again, we kind of get a feel early on how these games will go and can talk about them. But man, this game for me, JT Hayes, is just tough. You think about the other game, we we both were kind of like, oh, I get it. The, the Bengals, we want them to be a thing. They're awesome, young talent, fun to watch. But we think the rested number one seed Titans will take them out. In this game, it's very hard for me to tell. And even the line, I just said it, five and a half, Packers favored at home. It's almost like the classic, you know, let's just let the people make mistakes in other spots. We just want our balanced action like the books do on everything. But this one, for sure, it feels like they're not really picking a side because it's tough to say. I know people out there that are 49ers, hardcore even not not even fans, just people from a betting perspective saying, no, no, you're undervaluing this team. They're going to come out and get the job done again. Forget the Packers. Other side would say, you're crazy. It's Aaron Rodgers. They're rested up. They're going to come out and nail them. And then other side of it is, it could just be a boring game in the sense, not for the entertainment value, but for fantasy players wanting to see fireworks. You, you might not see that. You might just see a lot of 
ground and pound and trying to keep each other off the field, work those possessions, like especially Kyle Shanahan likes to do. And on the other side, right, the Packers, that's sort of their game plan as well. So what are your thoughts here on this game? It kept me firmly on the side of the Green Bay Packers here. It's the favorite. It's maybe where a lot of the public is. But we saw this last week. The one thing about Kyle Shanahan, and I lived through it as an Atlanta Falcons fan, 28-3, to up on the Patriots. He panics. He panics when things get tight. Almost gave that game away in Dallas. But he had a head coach on the other side who does the exact same thing and makes mistakes. It just so happened that Kyle Shanahan made fewer mistakes last week than Mike McCarthy. I don't think that they're going to win this game. I think it will be competitive. We know what the 49ers are going to do. We know that we're going to see a lot of Elijah Mitchell. We know that we're going to see a lot of Debo Samuel out of the backfield. We know that the offense is fully healthy, but and you can run on the Green Bay Packers, but I just think that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and the coaching for green bay is going to be an advantage here the weather the home field is going to be an advantage here remember that game last week in dallas in a dome the 49ers a warm weather team jimmy garoppolo yes played for the patriots warm weather quarterback i think the packers win this game here i think you're right it is going to be a little bit less exciting than some of these other games this weekend you might have sold me and pushed me over the edge there, man. Just thinking about it. Like you said, Lambo is no joke just to go into in general. And then you talk about Jimmy G staying fresh on the bench. By the way, needing a little Rogaine by the looks of things there. Jimmy Grayopolo, I was calling him last week. The gray hairs were really showing out on the bench there. I thought they were going to probably gain some more after that game. Barely got through it, like you mentioned. But yeah, the other interesting note, too, I saw it this week. And for as much as I follow the NFL, I actually didn't remember this or put it together. But my guy co-host with me on the fantasy golf degenerates podcast kenny kim is a huge washington football team fan and he was looking back at the coaching squad there and it was sean mcveigh lafleur and kyle shanahan coaching their separate positions on the washington team back then so man that's pretty funny to see kind of cool to have that battle back and forth but i think that'll make for a good game right it's two coaches going back and forth that have a little bit of a history there you got a good matchup here rogers is definitely the premier talent from the quarterback perspective, but there's other guys, right? And like I said, San Francisco wants to run the ball. They've sort of made that their thing. It always has been their thing. And you look at now, it's not just Elijah Mitchell. It's Debo Samuel has become this running back for them. So I think you can use some pieces in this game. I made a couple notes here, just looking down, thinking about them, like the, the, the secondary stacks, like I said, I, I do like it out of this game more, even in the two gamer, I like that, but I'll have some Rogers stacks. You can't go away from Rogers and Adams on the two gamer, especially just think about how many raw points there are sitting there potentially. And then the ceiling and upside that they have also MBS still doubtful, but the news just came out earlier today. Remember back to the start of the season, JT couldn't even get this, this Rogers guy on the team until they brought in a one Randall Cobb and he's coming back. So now you got your Rogers Adams Cobb stacks, run it back with Debo. If you want, you got the money, you'll have it. You'll be able to spend it. So I think this is an interesting spot for sure. I think you sold me a little bit on the Packers, so I'll lean with you there. Would it surprise me if the 49ers pulled it off and got it done? Man, they do they do this kind of stuff, right? Even I remember back to when it was the, as being a Ravens fan, it was the 49ers, the, the brothers, the Harbaugh's coaching against each other in that game. The 49ers were good, don't get me wrong, but like that was not an expectation. Even the Ravens wasn't the, ex like it definitely did not expect to be those two teams in the Super Bowl that year. It turned out because of the storyline and then the lights going out, all those factors to be a great one. And of course, the Ravens winning helped. But 
this is just an example where you go back to it again. The 49ers oftentimes are slept on, and regardless of who they're going against and what you think about them and their talent, they still have talented pieces. By the way, Ayuk, another piece, looked really good. They're using him lots. He looks like he's really kind of figuring it out finally. Took a long time, but price is low, things like that. Any other final thoughts on this game before we move on to the Sunday slate? I love the Cobb call because I think that's big news that he's back, especially in a playoff game. I think he'll see uh, targets there from Rodgers. And then you mentioned Ayuk for the 49ers. We saw them getting the ball into everybody's hands. Yes, the primary two guys last week were Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel, but even Juwan Johnson getting some targets. The surprising thing against the Cowboys, George Kittle not really all that involved. Has he become a secondary piece here? He is pricey this week. And I don't know if it's a spot where I want to be loading up on George Kittle on the four-game slate. But for the two-gamer, if he's going to come in low-owned, maybe take a shot, maybe hope that the Niners get down and they have to let Jimmy G throw, and then you see what happens. Absolutely love that call. The, you know, funny enough, like I didn't even mention him. Just thinking about Ayuk popped in my, to my mind before Kittle even did. And one of the rules always for me in daily fantasy, especially like you said on a two-game slate like that, but anything in general really – is if you're going to get someone like this that is usually a supreme talent, again, there's high variance, it's very boom or bust, but when he has his booms, they're slate breaking. So I think Kittle is a great call there. Uh, and even on the four-gamer, when you think about it, there is going to be other options like Kelsey and Knox that will be popular because of that game total when we get to it. It is the last one, by the way. So we're getting there, but we are going to move into Sunday now. We've got two games. Again, like I mentioned, they're a bit earlier in the day than on Saturday, but it is still staggered, the back-to-back, -back, one after the other. First one we're going to talk about, JT, Rams at the Bucks. Uh, you've got it, Bucks favored by three, and it's a 48-point total. So a lot to talk about here, obviously, right? we got Brady, Stafford, and them just destroying. I, I mean, I'll give the bit now, but I said it reminded me. I know they were Rams jerseys and not Cowboys jerseys, but if you go back, and I'm dating myself a little bit, but you go back to the Little Giants. Not sure if you remember that movie, but, like, these kids – were just the worst and they have to go play this all-star team they had the freshest jerseys everything looked crisp and clean they're taller bigger faster better that was the rams last week i don't care we're making fun of kyler a little bit but those cardinals looked small and got bullied out there it reminded me of the movie the little giants minus the cowboys jerseys swap them with rams jerseys what are your thoughts on this game though rams now totally different test going up with brady the man who cannot be aged. It doesn't matter how old the guy is. He just gets the job done. Doesn't matter about the injuries that this team has. Mind you, they're getting one back, it looks like, with Fournette. But, man, Evans, Gronk, Fournette, all these guys, he still has the talent. What are your thoughts on this game? Who do you think wins it? And what are we doing for DFS? Yeah, definitely uh, a amusing week full of Kyler Murray memes after that hideous, hideous performance last week in Los Angeles. But now the Rams have to go across country and I don't know. They looked great. They looked absolutely phenomenal. The defensive line was all over Kyler Murray, which gives me pause with Wirfs in a walking boot. How healthy are the Bucks? Yes, you have the skill position player injuries that are one thing. Godwin, Antonio Brown left the team. And now you've got some of these skill position players. The defense played very well against the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, the Rams are going to present a much different challenge. They now have Cam Akers back, who seems to be, at least in the game against Arizona, took over the lead back role. Can we call him that here even? Or are they just splitting it with Sony Michelle? You had Cooper Cup looking like Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham Jr. finally getting 
into the playoffs and performing as if he was excited to be in the playoffs and as if he belonged in the playoffs. So this is a really tough game for me, whereas I think you said San Francisco, Green Bay, a little bit tough for you. Yes, the Bucs get Fournette back, we think, but it's a tough game for me to, I guess, guess on some of these players simply because I think the matchup is so good. I think both defenses are so good. We've seen the Bucs when they play these higher powered offenses, though, they will give up points. They gave up points to the Cowboys. They gave up points to the Colts. So I'm not sure what we see here. There's still some news to come about Fournette. And then, I mean, you just play Cooper Cup, I guess, every slate, and you look at Cam Akers. The thing is, no one has really been able to run against Tampa Bay, but even in last week's game, the Eagles just kept trying and trying and trying. No matter how many times that they failed, they just kept running into that defensive line. And then finally, late in the game, Boston Scott gets through for a touchdown. Kenneth Gainwell gets the screen pass for the touchdown. Is that something we see with the Rams here? They haven't done that. They've shown a sensitivity to the other team's strengths and weaknesses. I would expect more passing attempts from Matthew Stafford here. Yeah, and that's why I added him in the prize picks at the top because if you like you mentioned it and you look at it, you go back and see the Bucs have been crushed at times by these quarterbacks. As good as both these defenses are, I think maybe that could scare some people away. So let me just flip you back one more question before we round out some of my analysis and just things on this game in general. But where would you rate this game on the four-game slate as far as stacking it up? Because it's two of the better quarterbacks. We know most of the ownership is going to be in the next game in the Bills and Chiefs. But where would you rate this game? Is it right after it? Because it's still two of the better quarterbacks in a game where it could go back and forth? Or do you still like some of that earlier stuff? I know you weren't too high on Tannehill or Burrow. We talked about Rodgers and maybe the Packers just blowing them out. So is this one of the better tournament leverage spots for you based on most people going to the final game? It could be. I think the information, the injury information about the Bucks' offensive line is really, really vital in this game. I think the game hinges on it because if they're missing worths from that offensive line, I don't know how they're going to control these guys on the Rams. I just don't know how they're going to be able to keep a clean pocket for Tom Brady. Remember, yes, he posted that TikTok a few weeks ago. I forget who they were playing where he was able to run the ball. He's not running the ball against the Los Angeles Rams. He needs a clean pocket against this team, I believe, to deliver the football to Mike Evans, to Gronk, to get these other guys involved. I'm really concerned about whether or not he's going to have it. Yeah, they're going to need something because, man, these Rams are coming at you. And like I said, I get it. Tom has, you know, withstood the test of time and it's been great, but I don't know. This could be the end of it. I don't, it's tough to say this game is another hard one. Like you mentioned, just going back to some of the thoughts that I've got, you know, just thinking in general, some of the things you mentioned there, um, you know, going back to last week, right? The, the Rams totally different test. Now we're going into a spot here where you've got the four net news. You mentioned that we're waiting on it. It looks like today. So he practiced. Sounds like the extra week of rest, everything's going to be coming through for him. So hopefully he's in. I think that will help them out some. But I think that's where we got to remember. Brady likes to check it down. You've got guys like Aaron Donald coming at you. I think that's going to be more prevalent. So, you know, using Fournette, regardless of with Brady or without, if he's back, take the risk. If he's not, if he's playing, I look at it like I don't care about the injury. I'm taking the risk because if they're playing him, they're playing him to win and he should be okay. We've seen it time and time again where people lean off 
because of an injury. We talked about even with Derrick Henry earlier, a little bit different in my opinion, because in that spot, like you said, they actually could get out and just smash them. We've got sort of an, you know, a, an underdog team, if you will, against the number one that's just being slept on for the, the fact that they're the Titans, but they're still the number one seed that did, did the job that was put in front of them. So for me, I would play Fournette here. I like Evans, Gronk. I think they're all in play. Brady, for sure. Stafford on the other side. So my thought was, and that's why I, I posed the question to you, was just thinking about it in general, both four-game and two-game, I'm willing to take some shots. The other thing is there's always uncertainty on who the receivers are going to be on the Rams side. Is it going to – I mean, obviously not with Cop, the, the, the main one, but we've seen OBJ finally get into the mix and look good. All There's lots of good meme quality stuff there, too, with OBJ's dad and, and Baker and all those guys. But Van Jefferson – They've got Higby at tight end. They've got other guys there that they can use. And then you mentioned the running back situation, Akers versus Sony Michelle. They were checking it down to Akers plenty last week. And I think that's a, to me, that was the sign that he's more than okay. Not only how good he looked with what he did with it, but if they're doing that, they're willing to let him take those hits, jump around. Obviously the, the moment that he had had to go and apologize that scary injury there. I honestly don't need to talk about that or care too much to go into that, but I would just say, he definitely looked good last week. So I'm comfortable going there. I, I love personally for both the two game and the four game, this game for the uncertainty of it and where most will struggle to be able to have conviction on it. I'm happy to go here. They may just play the Bills Chiefs game, which we'll go to in a second and say, I'll take my chances and see what happens else. We'll let others make mistakes. I'm going to take my chances on this one and get some more secondary pieces in the next game. Anything else, JT Hayes, that you want to talk about with this game before we move to the, the final one there? Uh, the point you mentioned that is, I think, a very important one is you know where the ball is going on the Bucks side, right? If Fournette's back, he's going to be in the mix. He's going to get those passes out of the backfield. You know that it's going to Evans. You know that it's going to, going to Gronkowski. And you know that maybe Cameron Brait will get involved in the red zone there, maybe scoop a touchdown from one of these guys. On the Rams, outside of, I think, Cup and Acres, then it becomes a rotation in your lineups of, okay, in some lineups, I'll do Jefferson. In some lineups, I'll do Beckham. In some lineups, I'm going to put Tyler Higby in there. I think the the Buccaneers, much easier to figure out where the ball is going to go. Yeah, the target tree is pretty tight there, and it, you know, it should be with the injuries and stuff that they have. And even more so on the two game, like you said, that's why I want to get heavy on it on the two gamer even more so because you're able just to get all those opportunities and options while everyone's trying to do the same thing with the next game. And we're here now. Let's talk about it. This one's not easy either from the from that perspective because think about just the Chiefs alone and how many options we just saw it last week. Let's all roll out Daryl Williams, 70% owned. And oh, wait, it's Jarek McKinnon week. He's going to crush and go off and crush and break the slate. So you, you've got all these factors. Let's talk about the numbers like we did the others. It's Bills at the Chiefs. It's Chiefs favored by two and a half. And it's a 53 and a half point total as of now. I can see that rising. People love to keep going back and forth on the Allen versus Mahomes. They both put up, I believe it was 41.9 Josh Allen to 41.5 Patrick Mahomes for DraftKings points last week, staying on task here. So I think that is the spot people are going to go regardless, maybe for good reason, but we'll see. Like I'll talk about some stuff with Buffalo in a minute. I want to get your thoughts first, but talk about this game who you think is going to win, what the game plan is going to be, possible strategies, and then, of course, DraftKings and DFS. Yeah, really interesting spot here, of course. It is the game of the week. This is why this is the game that's on Sunday afternoon. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't have a great lean here. Every time I start thinking, well, the Bills won earlier this year, then I think, but the Chiefs haven't lost at home 
since like the second month of the season and the defense so much better since Chris Jones has come back so much better since the acquisition of Melvin Ingram from the Steelers. So I'm not real sure. I'm not real sure if you're going to see more of a defensive game where it's going to take one big offensive play to flip the whole game on its head, or if you're going to see a more offensive game where these two teams are just throwing the ball, although that's not what Andy Reid has been doing. You talked about Jerry McKinnon. Ooh, everyone plays Darrell Williams. I don't even think he touched the ball more than five times. Here comes Jerry McKinnon out of nowhere. And that's the thing that's the biggest challenge for daily fantasy with these Chiefs. It's like, I think that they're going to have Tyreek and Kelsey in the mix quite a bit as they were. But then after that, it's kind of a complete guessing game. On the Bills side, they have leaned very heavily on Devin Singletary. He's been even getting work in the passing game, which was not his thing at all before like week 10 of this season. You do have Stephon Diggs, who we talked about. And then you have these other guys, Dawson Knox, been an absolute monster, a breakout season. He was good before this season, but this season he's been something else on an entirely different level. You've got Gabe Davis there, who's been playing really well. Cole Beasley, Manny Sanders, not really involved in the mix, but now you've guys like Isaiah McKenzie that's getting a bunch of targets. So really interesting here for Daily Fantasy Sports as far as who wins this game. My lean is that the Bills are slightly better than this team, this Kansas City team right now, but I've been going back and forth on this all week long. Yeah, I keep changing my mind, too. I think Bills, if I'm just going to say first gut feel right off the top, I feel like the Bills get the job done. It's funny enough, I think the Chiefs are the better team. I've said it all season. I think the Bills are overrated. I was waiting for the Chiefs to pound it out and start crushing. They got eight wins in a row before that tough loss to Cincy. But I just think in general, when you looked at it, that was my my game plan. But the reason it's changed is because now it's down to one game. And so it doesn't. it's one versus one. I think the Chiefs are the better team, but I just have this feeling the Bills are going to win. So that's what I'm rolling with here. Now, here's the other side of it. You mentioned Devin Singletary, 24, 25, and 26 drafting, DraftKings points in his last three games. Before that, almost 20 in each of the two games before. Why would they not? want to keep Mahomes off the field and just keep rolling it out. It doesn't mean it's going to work. I'm just saying as far as killing clock, Josh Allen can run the ball. The, the plan should be to let Andy Reid and his team, Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, work less. I think, though, on the contrary, on the other side, why wouldn't Andy Reid do the same thing the other way? They've got all these running backs. They just showed they even have a guy like McKinnon that can step in and do the work. Why wouldn't they do the same thing to keep Josh Allen off the field? You're talking about two elite quarterbacks up against each other. And that's going to be the talk, the storyline, everything that goes into it. Man, if this total keeps creeping up, I kind of got a feeling I like the under here too. We're trying to mix every thought into a DFS betting, all of that. I really do feel like the under is a scary bet, but one that I could see happening. Oftentimes when we talk about two elite quarterbacks, two big name offenses, all these factors, People just want to go over you. You and I do it. What I don't, how many unders did we pick this season in prize picks? None. I, I literally think that it might be zero or one. So there's my point is everyone wants it to be the over the clock still does start at the, the number. It does the score. Sorry. I should still say still starts zero, zero. So the more they run it down, the little mistakes, the one-offs, the defensive stops in the red zone, end zone, whatever it might be. That that's bad. You know, those three points can really hurt that total. So I think we could see an under. And that's why, like I said, especially on the two game slate, I'm comfortable going with the game before that we just talked about with the Rams and Bucks on the four game slate. 
even lighter because now we bring in two other games. And if it's wrong, and it could be, I'll live with it. But this game is going to be popular. People are going to be able to find options. They're going to be able to stack up Mahomes. They're going to be able to mix in guys like Hardman. They're going to be able to put in Knox to make things work on the other side. Singletary across. All these secondary stacks, everything that they're going to be doing are going to be from this game. So I got no problem going a little bit underweight on it. I think Singletary for me, just look, it feels like chasing, but when it's been five games in a row sort of trending upwards and the last three averaging 25, I just don't see why they wouldn't go there. And I don't think the Chiefs say, okay, here's our game plan. Let's stop Singletary. If he gets there, he gets there. And that's sort of how it's been. I don't think he's some elite running back here, but I think he's transformed in quite a way that they've needed him to. And look, on DraftKings, full point PPR. That's what we're talking about here. All these checkdowns, all these things, even like close to the end zone, Allen will hit him on a little cross route. And next thing you know, he's jogging into the end zone, almost walking in for a touchdown. That type of stuff just adds up so quickly. And in a game like this, I think that could make a big difference on a smaller slate, especially the two-gamer. I think that'll be huge as well. Love Singletary for the four-game slate also. Any other thoughts on this game? And then if not, JTAs, any, or if so, any other thoughts just for the two-game versus the four-game generalities across the board? Yeah, I have to go back and take a look at the actual stats, but we've seen this happen quite frequently the second half of the season where, oh, it's a game in Kansas City. Oh, it's two really good teams. The total goes up. The total goes up. Remember that Dallas-Kansas City game? First of all, it was almost unwatchable. Second of all, the under, that was a sweat-free under. And you don't see a lot of sweat-free unders in today's NFL. And for the very reason that the Chiefs' defense is better, the Cowboys defense was better at that time. The same thing here. I agree with the point that I think this is a game where both coaches are going to do what they can to control the clock. Point on Devin Singletary is he has been the guy that emerged out of this Buffalo backfield that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He has been the guy that has finally turned into what they've been looking for. And as a result has transformed the offense. I mean, we've seen it in many of these games. Yes, the bills did lose to the Jaguars. I'm not forgetting about that, but we've seen where these games in Kansas City have been much lower scoring than originally thought. So I think there's a decent chance that you see that, especially if you see the public continue to say, oh, no, oh, no, this game's going to be, there's going to be fireworks here. There may not be. As, a, uh, as it relates to the four-gamer versus the two-gamer, one of the things that we saw in the winning lineups last week was a very heavy focus on one of those two games, especially if it's the game that the public is not going to be on. Saw that the Borough Stacks or the Borough Stacks with Josh Allen and Devin Singletary were the ones that won all of the contests last week. So you got to be different on the two-game slate, and sometimes that means taking a look at the ownership and going, and like you said, taking a chance on a game that maybe the public doesn't think is very exciting and hoping that the game that everyone's interested in goes way under. Yeah. It's just taking a shot, right? Obviously this totals that way for a reason. It could, there could be 70 points in this game. Singletary could be the reason he could break an 80 yard touchdown to start the game off, really get things rolling, get that pace up early. And next thing you know, it becomes a battle between Mahomes and Allen. I'm, I'm going with my conviction. I'm just giving you the obvious of what could happen. I'm not trying to play both sides of the wall here. I, I like the under. I'm going to be betting it. I'm waiting to see if I can get 54. It's usually a key number. I like that one. And for me, just some of the other thoughts you mentioned, like tying it in there with this game, the two teams going back and forth, you see it all the time. They both have a good defense. And lastly, the Singletary thing you mentioned about like the way he turned it on, 
change the offense. That's, I think, why I lean the Bills, too, when I'm taking my side and putting my conviction into a side, is that I thought they were overrated all season, and I think they were. But when you start to see when they figured it out, and they they were healthy scratching, Zach Moss. Brita was out, who cares? We figured out we can use Singletary, and here's how. It started to convert for them, and things started to work. And when you've got, like you said, Dawson Knox coming into his own, Diggs on the outside, all the other guys that they have in between, Sanders, Beasley, all the others, I, you know, Gabe Davis has shown up at times. Isaiah McKenzie has shown up at times, and they have a defense. So maybe things are just clicking. And then lastly, just, a, you know, not saying it's rigged or anything, because it's not, but if all the favorites win going into Sunday night and everyone's convinced themselves that the Chiefs are going to just ship this thing and the Bills can't do it, definitely get on the Bills, because that's when they make all their money back at the last of the weekend. Conspiracy, I know, but I'm just saying, I think it's a good spot anyway. I like the Bills. If you want the sweat free, or at least what I'm going with for the sweat free, I'd rather just bet the under and hopefully watch a good game. And if it goes over, it's like an emotional hedge. I got to see a fireworks game back and forth, tons of points scored between Mahomes and Josh Allen, two of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I'm excited for this weekend, if you can't tell. Four amazing games. I mentioned it off the top. There's just some incredible stuff going on. Great tournaments, great stuff over at Prize Picks, lots of bets, things that you can put out there. I hope this was helpful for you guys. We'll be back next week for one more show. JT, before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you, and then I'll take us home. At JT Hayes Jr. on Twitter.com. And of course, at Run Pure Sports and a code RPS Heater 25, 25% off your first month's payment. You can see Tambo, you can see myself, all the guys, all the content, live shows almost every single day, every sport. Members never win. It's an oxymoron. They win every single day. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, exactly. You know what it is. Go over to Run Pure Sports. Got all the golf stuff coming out there as well. You guys probably watch myself. Kenny Kim right here on the Mayo Media Network. So stay subscribed, hit your notifications on there. We've got the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast coming out every week, Monday night. That's awesome. So check that out. It's a completely free show that we do. Hit the like button, help us out there. And then, of course, on Twitter, at Toe and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions or in the Rum Pure Sports Discord. Other than that, thank you guys and good luck.